Hello, Resurrection Presbyterian Church and anyone else who may be joining us. I'm Jared Bryant, and I am the pastor of Resurrection. And for all of us, these past few weeks have been very different than anything we have ever experienced. And now we see that Easter has come and it's gone. And the question that I continue to hear on the news and my conversations and even in my own heart is, when will life go back to normal? And it's a good question. These are difficult days, and we have some very good reasons for wanting to be out of them. Reasons like wanting to see our friends and our family again, wanting to be past the fear of those we care about getting sick, uh, wanting businesses and schools to pick back up and for the economy to settle down. Even something as simple as we want to enjoy sports and go shopping or go to the library, do simple things that we can't do right now. But one of the core beliefs of our church family is that God is always at work. Always. In the good times and in the bad. And as we look through the story of scripture, what we see is over and over again that it's often in the dark and difficult times that that God accomplishes some of his best work. A few years ago, one of my counseling professors, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, contributed to an article titled 10 Ways to Not Waste Your Cancer. Now, that's a strange title, and it might come across as not taking the suffering of cancer seriously. But having been diagnosed with cancer himself, Dr. Pallison, he, he knew the struggle and the pain and the tension personally. And in his life, in the midst of that pain and that struggle and that tension, what he experienced in the midst of all that was a new sense of the goodness and love of God, which leads him to write these words. It says, in in God's beloved children, our Father, he works a most kind good through our most grievous losses. In the testing ground of evils, your faith becomes deep and real, and your love becomes purposeful and wise. So illnesses like cancer can sharpen your awareness of how thoroughly God has already and always been at work in every detail of your life. And so when he says, don't waste your cancer, he's not saying celebrate the suffering as something good. He's saying, don't miss the ways that God is at work for good, even in the midst of suffering, and then do everything you can to participate in this good work. Which brings us back to this question, when will life return to normal? And I want to encourage us to ask a new question during this season, however long this season lasts. How is God at work? And then a follow-up question, how, how can we participate in this good work that God is doing? And over the next few weeks, we're going to be walking through this new series together. And and part of the purpose of this series is really for me to be able to walk through some things that God has been doing in my life. So I've I've been living in a very real tension these past few weeks. They have been the strangest mixture of emotions for me. There has been great joy and great sadness. There's been great peace and then great anxiety. There has been rest and there has been exhaustion. There have been times where I am seeing my, my sin abound, and there have been times where I've seen God's grace super abound, to borrow a phrase from the Apostle Paul. And 
And for me, it started when everything was shutting down and the seriousness of the situation was settling in. And almost immediately, these words from the prophet Hosea came to my mind. And I included it even in an email early out to to you all as a church. And it comes from the prophet Hosea. And he says, sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. And those words may be new to many of us, but this this verse was actually one of Brent's favorites. It was one he wanted to see come alive in our church. In his own struggle with cancer, he, he so desperately wanted to see new life bursting forth. Not just, not just physical healing, but something much deeper and something much better. And he wanted to see new life erupt in our church family and beyond. And this was a verse that he would, he would go back to. I remember we first started talking about this back in, in 2015, this verse, and it's been something that we continue to allude to. And, and, it, and it captures these these two ideas that, that I want to encourage us uh, to pursue in this unique season we are in. And, and this it's this idea of, on the one hand, breaking up hardened ground in our lives, and on the other hand, seeking the Lord with renewed passion. And so breaking up hardened ground in our lives and seeking the Lord with renewed passion. And it's these two that I just want to spend a little bit of time on this morning. And first, this idea of breaking up hardened ground in our lives. So in my backyard right now, there is a garden, or at least what used to be a garden at one point. But but what has happened was that over time, no one tended to this garden. So no one gave it the care that it needed. No one put the work into it in order to make it bear a good crop of any kind. And what happened is that it became overgrown with weeds and the ground over time became hardened to any new life breaking through. And so as an act of love, uh, our good brother, Jim Garver, he dropped off uh, his gas powered tiller at my house. And in doing so, he gave me the tools to begin reviving this garden first by breaking up the hardened soil. And so this particular tiller has blades that that rotate and they cut through this hardened soil and it turns it over, allowing oxygen and new seeds to get deeper into the soil and have an easier time breaking through in the future. And this process is critical for new life to be able to come. And what I noticed as I was going around in my overgrown and hardened garden with this tiller is that it's anything but easy work. It's jarring physically. It takes all of my strength to keep this tiller from not jumping all over the place. And it takes time going over the same ground over and over again. And it doesn't really create anything. All it's doing is preparing the ground for new growth. And, And there are ways that all of our hearts become hardened over time, and we don't even realize it. There are a lot of ways that our lives are like this garden. We we experience these times of abundant growth and fruitfulness, and there are times when the garden of our souls, they seem well watered, they seem protected and carefully tended to, and then over time, we lose interest. So other things get in the way. Life becomes busy, 
our attention and our energies get turned elsewhere. And slowly what happens is weeds creep in, plants begin to wither, and the ground begins to grow hard. And this process is a very slow one. Sometimes this hardening takes place over years, sometimes even decades. And it's even something that I've noticed in my own heart. My work as a pastor is all about the gospel, trying to find ways to help this good news of Jesus get into other people's lives. And what happens is that for me, this good news can become very ordinary. I'm around it so much. I read about it so much that it just it just becomes old. The freshness wears off. The power seems to fade and it becomes less of the joy that drives and sustains me. And what I have been sensing personally this time is God breaking up these hardened places of my own heart. And there's a lot I, I could say about what he's doing, and I'm going to be sharing that more over the next few weeks, but but I want I want to just leave you with this uh, to consider your own life and your own heart during this unique season that we are in. Where where might your ground have become hardened? Where might your love have grown cold? Where where might your joy have become boredom? Where where do you sense this this hardening taking place in your own life? And then how can you work? And it, and it will be hard work to help break up this hardened ground. And this isn't an individual work that we're called to all work in privately. Listen to these words from the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament. It says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has this sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is an individual work, but even more than that, it is a communal work by which we come alongside one another to join in this work of community tilling. But for many of us, myself included, uh, this, this time is a time for breaking up hardened ground, I believe. Um, in this unique season, there are many things that God is doing, many things that remain in, in utter mystery for us. But now there seems to be this sense of God pushing us to, to break up hardened ground. And this brings us to our other point. Uh, it's time to seek the Lord and to seek the Lord with renewed passion. So the prophet Hosea talks about uh, breaking up hardened ground and sowing good seed, but it's all about what he says in the second part of this verse. It's time to seek the Lord. The time is not tomorrow. It's not next week. The time is not when life gets back to normal. The time to act is now. To actively, intentionally, energetically, with all our hearts, our minds, our bodies, to seek the Lord. In the context of Hosea, what's happening is it's written hundreds of years before Jesus. And God's people have grown hardened over the years. And their lives are compared to this land that isn't producing any good fruit. And one reason has to do with where they are looking for life. So part of this has to do with the god Baal. So Baal was one of the gods that Israel's neighbors worshipped. And Baal was known as the god of the storm. 
So the people of Israel are primarily people who grew their crops and they needed them to survive. And what the crops needed to grow was rain. And so the people of Israel, to make sure their crops got the rain they needed, they would offer sacrifices to Baal and worship him. Because they had, they felt this need in their lives, this need for rain, this need for security, this need for life. And they weren't sure if God could be trusted to take care of them. And so they hedged their bets and they turned to other places. Now for us, while we're not worshiping any other deities like this, the pattern is still alive and well in our hearts. That God himself was meant to have this central place in our lives. He's meant to be the one that we look to for joy for peace, for hope, for direction. He is the life that we were made for, created for. But over time, what happens is, is instead of taking that center place, he gets pushed to the margins, to the edges of our lives, and other things become central. And we need this message now and always that it's time to seek the Lord because he is the life and joy that we are made for. There's hardened ground that needs to be tilled, and it is time to seek the Lord, not when life gets back to normal, but here and now and today. But I want to leave you with good news, that what what saves us and what our hope is in and what our joy is in is not our working and our seeking, but what saves us and what brings us joy is God's working and God's seeking after us first. So our gospel lesson from Zacchaeus, it reminds us of of God's heart that is clearly seen in Jesus. It is a heart that moves not away from sinners and sufferers, but it's a heart that is constantly moving towards sinners and sufferers like us. It's, it's a heart that is not passively waiting for us to get our act together or to try hard enough or to be good enough, but it is a heart that, in the words of Jesus, has come to seek and save the lost. And so together, as we go through this unique season of life, as we participate in this good work, we have a great Savior who has gone to incredible lengths and experienced incredible pain to bring us back to himself and to bring new life, everlasting life, to the garden of our souls. Let's celebrate and rest in this good news together.